When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight at 7.05. I want to check the Crystal Glass scoreboard for all your glass needs. Visit crystalglass.ca. The Bruins and the Flames just getting underway. I better change the channel to that game. There we go. Red Wings and Avalanche start in half an hour. The Blues and the Ducks start in an hour. You got Calgary and Anaheim tied for second in the Pacific. And then the Oilers are fourth a point behind. The Flyers lead the Penguins. 2-0. Late in the second, Couturier and Simmons have the goals. Simmons now up to 29 on the season. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. We had some uh, interesting open line time to start the show this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Quick look at the uh, university nationals as it affects the uh, U of A Golden Bears and Pennants. By the way, Kevin Carius is here. Hi, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having Global me Global Television. We got the uh, Golden Bears hockey team playing at 10 tomorrow morning against Acadia. The Bears go into the tournament ranked number one. Acadia is eight. Basically all the favorites lost in the league finals, so the Bears get up to number one. Tyson Bailey's going to join us, Kevin, in 40 minutes. He made the U Sports all-rookie team for the whole country. Good player. A lot of rookies on the Bears, yeah, well, too. 10 or 11 first-year players uh, playing in the playoffs. So, Pandas volleyball ranked number one. They're at Ryerson for Nationals. They play Ryerson Friday afternoon. Nervous about playing the host team. That's Why? the only thing there. Don't be nervous. You're not playing. You don't have to be nervous. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know how many nervous people I talk to on a daily basis that aren't playing? Golden Bears volleyball is hosting Nationals. They're ranked seventh. They play number two, Manitoba. That's at the Savile Center, 6.30 Friday. Probably laid off the gas a little bit last week in Canada West after they lost the first match. They weren't happy. No. I had Brock Davidek on the show. Associate coach. Wasn't happy. Pandas Hockey, ranked number six, quarterfinal against St. Mary's Friday morning. Queen's University is hosting that. Thursday weekend on U of A. Uh, and, and then and then a huge game Friday night here in ACAC. It's Nate and McEwen. Is men's that hockey. for the title? Nate and McEwen, men's hockey. Game number one at Nate. Game number two is at, uh, at uh, uh, Grant McEwen, or McEwen, sorry. So the downtown community rink. At the downtown community rink, but it's at 6 p.m. So, so if you want to go to the Oiler game at 8 o'clock, go down to McEwen and watch maybe a period or two of this game first. Check that out. It'll be game number two. Is that are they do best of five or three? Best of three. They're doing three. Yeah. So it could end that night. It could. So Nate has uh, the Nate no has ranking. home ice. Yes. Game one and three would be Friday and Sunday at Nate. Game two at McEwen Downtown Arena. It was last year. Nate didn't lose a game. That's right. Yeah. 
Did they, how many did they lose this year? Do you know off the top of your Not head? Not off the top of my head. They lost their coach last year, too, right. as well. Because he went you know, to, was it Nebraska-Omaha? Uh, yeah, Division Two, I think, yeah. All right. That was Gabonette. Yes. Was Mike, it Nebraska-Omaha he went to? I believe so. I think so. so. I know I interviewed him when he went, but Mike, as yeah. you know, Kevin, things get uh, jumbled around in my head. Well, you're nervous again about that game. I'm nervous <laughs> about the Pandas volleyball game, everybody. I want them to win. That's the thing. When you go to the U of A, you always want them to win. And I went to the U of A. I used to go to games all the time. I still like going. I'd go more if I didn't work oh, until eight all the time. Exactly. Uh, and I did play-by-play for U of A basketball for six years mm-hmm. during the Jordan Baker years. Pretty, that was a pretty that fun time to do it. Actually, I missed his fifth year, but I got to go to the game where he broke the uh, Canada or the U of A scoring record right. on a free throw, which was not his strong point. Well, he was probably nervous like you were. <laughs> he was. He was. He was awesome. He's one of the best university he's one of the best players. U of A yeah. athletes all time at that school. Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with that. You got to go back a lot of years, even in Bears hockey, to find some uh, equals. They've had a lot of good ones. They sure. Have. But if you include every sport, pandas and bears, pandas Baker's volleyball, right Jenny Cartmel probably oh, up there. Awesome players. You know. Oh, as has. I mean, the two volleyball programs yeah, are exactly. it's near or at the top every year. So, And Canada West is, like, the best league, mm-hmm. especially in volleyball, right? Now, Canada West basketball has become watered down, it unfortunately. Has. Yes. And it's I think it hurts us on the national stage. I, I can't disagree with that, but, you know... I- it's it's too bad that whoever decided that that's the way they wanted to go went that way. But so Ryerson winning all the time, good or bad for fan interest? Well, for Carlton does it pretty hot too. Or pardon me, uh, Carlton. Yeah, I meant yeah, sorry. I mean, I, I Carlton's won seven straight. Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't think it's a bad thing for university basketball. I mean, all it's not like they're taking players from out here. Uh, no, they get a couple guys from BC now and then. So, but I mean, just for for it, like youth sports struggles for interest, right? So if it one team wins all the time, does that? No one was really them? complaining when the Golden Bears hockey team was winning all the time. Well, I certainly wasn't. Well, there you go. So no, I have no problem with Carlton basketball winning. I have a problem with something, buddy. Oh, what is it now? All right. So there's a, a, a private members bill. I'm actually going to talk a little politics here, but it has a sports effect, and I have an opinion on it, and I want other sports fans to just listen. Just listen. You don't have to agree with me, but just listen and consider, because I don't think this has been considered enough. Thomas Dang, who's a young uh, NDP MLA, has put forth a private member's bill where Alberta would basically be on central time all year. So we would be on this time, and we would never change. So right now, until the clocks go back in November... We're an hour ahead of B.C., we're the same as Saskatchewan, we're an hour behind Manitoba, and we're two hours behind Ontario. It's obviously 9-12 right now in Ontario, it's 7-12 here. In in November, when we fall back, or it's usually in November, sometime in the fall, everybody will move back an hour except Saskatchewan. So in the winter, Saskatchewan's an hour ahead of us. He wants, and he says he has a lot of support for this, he wants us not to fall back. This would be in November of 2018, still in a while. So what would happen is during the winter, so from you know October, November to March, April, whenever the exact dates are for the clock, we would be two hours ahead of British Columbia, the same as Saskatchewan and Manitoba, and just one hour behind Ontario. Now, I know, you know, over this past weekend, everybody was like, oh, this screws up my sleep. Oh. Okay, whatever. 
I want sports fans to think about this. This would mean that during the winter months, so just for argument's sake, let's say November 1st to March 31st for to round it off. If the Oilers or Flames, for that matter, because it would be all the province, played a game at Anaheim that started at 7.30 Pacific time on, say, a Tuesday night, it would start at 9.30 in Alberta. And that, to, to me, that is too late. Uh, I think that's disruptive. I think it's bad for viewership and, and listenership. And I, I do think it's a big deal because, of, you know, there's obviously a lot of people watching sports if, they, if these leagues still exist. So I just want everybody to consider this because I actually think that would have a pretty big effect on, on your viewing habits throughout the season. I don't know what you want me to say. I'm, you can I, say whatever you want. Well, I just think it's an absolute joke they would think about doing this. <laughs> I, just, I mean, the only... When you look at a province, two provinces that are east and west, the distance of Saskatchewan and Alberta. Yeah. It's massive. When you look at time changes and when they t- change the clock... And you look at light of day and you look at everything like that. A lot of people were worried that this might be different for the summertime. And they would take away, you know, our, our light at summertime. The way they would propose. And there there hasn't been a proposal on this yet. What they would each, either way they would do. They're not saying that this is one way, this is the exact no, way. No, his, his bill is for to go central standard time. Yeah, but he hasn't said, he hasn't tabled it yet, uh, Reed, going either way. So... He could the bill, as I understand, could be tabled that it that we could lose uh, daylight savings time in the summer. Oh, so well. we'd stay. So we'd we stay would, the same. So right, that's the thing. It hasn't been tabled one way or the I other. Thought, well, everything I read said he tabled it for Central Standard Time. Well, depending on when you're changing it, are you changing it to Central Standard Time right now? Like a, no, a week ago, would you give it everything? Or I read, are you doing Kevin, it in November of 2018? We would not fall back. Okay. First of all, nothing has been tabled uh, in Parliament like that. That hasn't happened yet. Okay, so they haven't said one way or the other. Well, no, nothing's been decided yet. But it's just—I it, know—I I hate talking about uh, politics uh, because it just frustrates me with a lot of things that have happened. <laughs> but uh, the other thing too is now, if that's the case, we're really—you know—what are we at? Ten o'clock in the morning, the time the sun rises in the winter time, then. Uh, it would, yeah, it would, the sun in would the, come up later, yes. In the, in the deepest, darkest yeah, days of December, You're it's not going to be light until 10 o'clock in the morning. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, or call it 9.30 or 9.45. That's how it happens. No, if they be. did decide to go the other way where we didn't spring forward, that actually might make more sense. Now, no, it wouldn't be light out as, as so the no. sun would set well, at 9.30 instead of 10.30. So then you wouldn't be able to golf, Reed. You'd have to be off the golf course at 8.30, but you could golf at 4 in the morning. Yeah, that'd be crazy, eh? Well, it'd be stupid. I would Again, no, you wouldn't. It'd be stupid. It would be another stupid thing to do. It's just... I don't think me golfing at any time is a stupid thing. No, but I mean, that's the thing. And we I talked about this with Marie McCord at the golf show. Because this was... We did a story on it on the weekend uh, with uh, Global on Friday. We did one. And he said basically every golf course would lose tens and thousands of thousands of dollars. Because you're going to lose revenue all day long. No one's going to golf at four in the morning. Right. 
but people want to golf at say five six o'clock in the summertime and get eighteen holes in. You can tee off in in the heart of the summer. You can tee off at eight and get nine in. Sure, you can. If you're a fast golfer, that's what you I could said. almost you play eighteen at, by yourself. If you tee off at supper time, you're going to get eighteen holes in. Yeah. So anyway, how was the golf show? It was great. It was packed. They had a lot of guys. They had Jeff Delorey came on stage, um, Ryan King, Adarius Bowman. Uh, Cam Martins did a couple of things. He had some kind of wild headband on. It was like, uh, it was, uh, you know, Cam's a pretty good uh, golf instructor, but he had this thing. I don't know if I believed it. He was, had it hooked up to his phone, and it created brainwaves about how Ooh, your wow. certain side of your left brain would override your right to make a better golf swing or a putt. Uh, he kind of lost me. I don't know. He put it on Murray McCourt, but then... It's like, worth, it's worth trying. Basically, it didn't register anything, so I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't know if it was really working anymore. It's 7-7. We'll talk about a frustrated Warburg native when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thank you for tuning in tonight. Calgary and Boston underway. They are six minutes in, no score. Calgary will... Go to the power play as soon as Boston touches the puck. The Flames operating with an extra attacker. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Shed. Kevin Carrius from Global Television joins me in studio most Wednesdays. We don't really have a regular schedule for you, Kevin. Well, just depends if there's a game or not. True. Oilers in Boston tomorrow. 530 face-off show. Game will start at 7 here on 630 Chet. Hey, I don't know if you heard, Kevin. The Oilers won. 7-1 last night. <laughs> Lindy Ruff, proud resident, native of Warburg, Alberta, frustrated after the game. Well, that might be the worst game I've coached as a Dallas star. Um, you know, we need a lot more. We need a lot more out of the uh, the leaders of our team. You know, I thought uh, they're the guys that can make the differences this time. And I know we had some, uh, we've had some tough breaks, but uh, they're the guys that the responsibility lies on. They're the guys that have to make the difference. And, you know, last two games we scored one goal. And that, that won't cut it. Well, that's tough. Well, here I thought you were, someone had told them about Alberta going to daylight savings or something here. <laughs> got another one. The goaltender didn't leave the guy uncovered at the side of the net. and The goaltender wasn't the guy that, you know, didn't get in the shot lane on the penalty killing and you can you can you can you can maybe put the third one on our goalie, maybe. but let's spread it around a little bit here. And when I say that we we need more, we need more, we need more out of the leaders of the team. They're the guys that have to lead. They're the guys that have to set the direction. They're the guys that have to go out and make the difference. And uh, that didn't happen tonight. You know, clearly he knows his team has bad goaltending. <laughs> And it's been getting killed all season. But I mean, he stepped up in there and said, "Okay, there's yeah, there's a bad goal, but we only scored one." And they had fair number of guys who they weren't just engaged. Didn't show up. I mean, like between Ben and Spets and Sagan, and all those guys didn't even you couldn't even see them on the ice. There was a I know it was five one at that point, but. The first shift of the third period, Ben was on the ice, had a 28-second shift, and kind of the puck was in the neutral zone, and he thought, "Ah, that's, I'm gonna, I'm going off." Yeah. So he was, he he was, he had checked out long before then, anyway. But 
Yeah, that's tough. I mean, look, we've seen obviously some bad teams uh, in Edmonton over the last 10 years, six of the last seven years mm-hmm. in the bottom three, and we've seen some blowouts. But, uh, I mean, you, you, you know, I've covered the Oilers where, yeah, it's it's the death march. Uh, the Todd Nelson year was a little different. He, I think he sort of energized the group a little bit that year. And even though they weren't very good, I, I think they enjoyed coming to the rink still right to the last day of the season. Because a lot of, I think, the players were, you know, that he had up from uh, OKC, right? Yeah, true. So I think there was that that uh, rejuvenation on the part of a lot of the players and that carried over to a lot of guys that were here already yeah you know I mean I mean look Ruff's an Alberta boy incredible story played in the NHL he's been a been a great coach is is he going to be able to survive this I mean it's not I don't know how much of this is on him because they had they've had a ton of injuries too We'll see what happens with the, in the offseason. They have to decide what they're going to do with their goaltending in the sense that they have the $11 million between those two guys. Right. And then, I mean, those two guys were, they were okay last year. They were. Well, they, they had were, like 108 yeah. points or whatever. You know, last they had year. 50 wins. Yeah. So if they, they have to decide, they're going to have to buy one of them out, I think, and decide which guy they're going to keep. If it's maybe Niemi, if that's the guy that they're going to keep, then they can spread a little bit of more money out and find a defenseman or something like that. But, you know, I mean, they had in their fifty win season. They had so many guys that played career years. I mean, like Klingberg was outstanding. You know, a lot of guys on the back end were great. They had uh, some guys up front that were having you know eighty point seasons with you know Ben and Sagan. But everyone's playing poorly now. Yeah, and the goal. Th- I mean, the nurse goal should never go in. Never should never go in. I mean, no. it, that that should be stopped. And we've seen those go in on Oilers goalies in the past. Talbot doesn't let in very many of those, thankfully. And then the fifth goal. I mean, Maroon cuts to the middle. He doesn't get the original shot off that he wanted. Then he gets a much weaker backhand away, and the Emmy's going across to stop it. And McKenzie's blocking him from going. And he uh, Richie, I think. Or sorry, Richie. Yeah, Richie, yeah Richie, Richie, got, hit yeah, Richie hit him. Richie hit him, and he goes down, and he falls down. Like, well, that's the whole thing. Everyone was saying they weren't sure because, uh, well, well, Lindy Ruff was looking at it. He was going to challenge for goalie interference on David. Was, yeah, and it was he it was, was his even, own guy. You know, so it's 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 tough for Dallas. And I mean, again, given what the Oilers and Oilers fans have been through, you you kind of feel for those teams. But then again. Now, from an Oilers perspective, I'm like, great. You should go out there and, I mean, whether it would have been 4-1, 7-1, or 9-1, they controlled the game. And, I mean, good, good. Go out there and, and inflict that damage Might on a well, down-and-out yeah. team. But, I mean, you look at Dallas, and then they've they've checked out already, right? The whole team has. Yeah. So it's hard for Lindy Ruff to say, you know, he wants to be positive. He's trying to have these guys get going and stuff. But what do you do? The team's looking forward to next year already. That's the way it is. Well, and some of the bigger name guys, you might want more for them, but they're not going anywhere, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jim Nill's not going to come down and cut Jamie Benn. He I mean, took a shift off. Well, they're looking now. They're looking to go to the World Hockey Championship, right? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, Ben, say again. It's 727. No score. Calgary and Boston almost halfway through the first period. We'll keep you updated. Kevin and I with plenty more to talk to. Hey, and this is great. We're going to have Tyson Bailey on from from Fredericton. He's a U of A Golden Bears hockey forward. He's made the Canadian all-rookie team, so we'll catch up with him too. This is Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right. 
Calgary and Boston now tied 1-1. They exchange a couple of quick goals. Calgary first, then Boston. Eight minutes left in the first period there. Flyers still up 2-0 on the Penguins early in the third. Still to come, Red Wings and Avalanche and the Blues play the Ducks. Along with Global Television's Kevin Karius, I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Just want to catch up on a couple of text messages to 630-630, Kevin. Yeah, I want to hear this one about the time change. This texture says, Hey, Reed, I've heard a lot of arguments on why we ought to continue switching our clocks back and forth, but none so foolish as I just heard. So you guys can golf? So the Oilers and Flames game start at a decent time? What about people's health? You laugh at folks complaining about losing an hour of sleep, but it's so much more than that. There's evidence that heart attack rates are higher the day after we spring ahead. Also, I've read that the number of auto accidents is also up after the spring time change. Frankly, I see no reason for switching clocks. It's an old-fashioned idea that needs to go the way of the dodo bird. Well, we were talking off off uh, in the commercial break. Residents in Saskatchewan along the border near Manitoba, they want to change because in the summertime, they're in the same boat as what would have happened here because of the, again, the mass expanse of the two provinces wide on the eastern side of of, uh, Saskatchewan. It's light out at 3.30 in the morning in the summertime. Right. You know, and at night, it's it's dark at 9. They want it to be on, they want to be on Alberta time. And hopefully that texter realized we were in jest about the impact on our golf game. We're not that selfish. No. We're pretty selfish. But, but I mean, doesn't everyone say that they are, when you fall back and you get an extra hour of sleep, apparently, aren't you, uh, isn't your work increase and everything like that as well? Isn't that, aren't there studies on that? Same thing as people saying you're losing the hour of sleep and there are more car accidents, etc. in the fall. The studies show the same, that people are more productive at work, etc., because they're getting that extra hour of sleep. Richard texting in. You're going to like this one as well. Different topic, Kevin. I don't feel bad for the Dallas Stars one bit. They've been killing us for years and laughing at us, and that goes for the whole league. Richard goes on to say, oh, this is the text of the night, Kevin. Richard says, I want the Oilers to exact unholy, unbridled revenge of gigantic proportions on the entire league. Sweet, cold-hearted revenge. That's from Richard. Wow, that's a beauty. Not just Dallas, the whole league. Let's just Richard's out for blood. Worry about Dallas for a first while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Unholy, unbridled revenge of gigantic proportions. I got to start using that in my day-to-day speech. Well, it's like uh, remember years ago, Craig McTavish had that line when he said it was a debacle of monumental proportions. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the what what the question was, but or the game or whatever it was some instance during the game, and he said that it was a debacle of monumental proportions. Do you have a catchphrase you use in your highlights? Oh, not really anymore. We because we don't do as many highlights as we used to. True. You know now we just basically cover Oilers and you know the odd game that's relevant to the Oilers. But uh, it's not like I had I had a few years ago. I'd have to try to. Uh, think I the one I used even when I was doing uh, Oiler games is if uh, usually I mean Dwayne Rolison was you know probably playing the best so in 06 when I was doing games uh, and he made a couple saves or had a shutout or whatever I used to always say Dwayne Rolison is like your grandmother's nightgown he's covering everything <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. 
Uh, Gary the Mailman says, uh, Hey, Reed, nice call on the Japanese Village goal light last night. Uh, I said this on Bob Stoffer's show, Oilers Now, at about 12.28 yesterday. Japanese Village goal light will go on tonight. They're going to get at least five. <laughs> I was actually right for once. I thought if they were going to get score five after only scoring four in the previous three, it's going to be against Dallas. Didn't I, I said last night too, Reed. I mean, you think about a month ago, the Oilers had trouble scoring. They went into that little bit of a lull where they only scored probably four goals. No, two goals in four games, wasn't it, or something like that? Because the one oh, game after was, that road trip, yeah, the one game was scoreless in Montreal. Yeah, the didn't the goal didn't right? actually count. So yeah. it didn't count, and they had a couple other they were shut out once and then I had one goal in each yep. game so basically after they had a little tough time scoring Arizona came to town blew them out they blew them out so same thing what happened last night with Dallas so you get that opponent where you know they're not exactly airtight defensively and then and the Oilers exploited it it evens out and and coach McClellan often says I'm more concerned if we're not getting chances than yeah. if we're not getting goals because if you keep generating chances I mean here's the thing coaches will get and I, and I think you and I know this Kevin from covering a variety of level of sports all, all sport coaches rarely get mad about a lack of execution if if there's if the effort they get mad about a lack of effort if they see a guy where it's like you're giving me 70% of what I know you have they get mad what they what they say after the Pittsburgh game nothing what they else were they supposed to do they were happy yeah you know, they played well. They generated probably 25, 30 scoring chances, just couldn't finish. Uh, Trevor texting in. He says, can you get the drunk guy back on and ask him about the time change? I need a good <laughs> laugh. I don't know if a couple of callers in the first half hour were actually intoxicated. They just had an interesting way of expressing themselves. Uh, totally off subject, and I know you like when I do that. But, I do. Uh, when you mentioned Todd McClellan. So we were at uh, school this morning where Todd McClellan was uh, was there. I can't remember the name of the school. It's, uh, anyway, so they had a high school or junior high school Scrabble championship. Oh, nice. Todd McClellan went. Now, the reason Todd McClellan went was because his great-great-grandfather, I think, something like that, invented the Canadian version of Scrabble like a, a long time ago. Oh, wow. So Todd was there kind of, well, I don't know, it was like the, the, the guest of honor or whatever. So we actually had a camera there. It was kind of neat to see the kids and, and now him explaining it about how, you know, his, his great-great-grandfather did everything with this game and how it evolved to what it is today. And how, and we I think both you and I agree that Todd's probably one of the more well-spoken coaches in the league. Yep. And he talked about how Scrabble is a game for the kids that they have to get involved in and it will enable them to be, uh, you know, they'll have a little more verbiage, have a little more uh, intellect and spell things out and not just, you know, go on the computer, things like that. Yeah. So, and you I, get a plan ahead or yeah, I think plan it was ahead. A very, it was an interesting uh, uh, concept this morning. Do we actually have a caller, Kellen? We do. Uh-oh. Oh, is that the guy? This, this, is, this is 403 and a 780. That's how he or she wants to be known? That's right. Probably going to complain about Kevin being on the show. Oh. 403 and the 780. You're on Inside Sports. What's going on? Kevin, what are you doing on the show, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> how are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Good, good. Hey, just wanted to call in... Uh, First of all, I grew up in the 403, but I'm living in a 780, so I'm a little confused at the moment. Um, I just wanted to talk about this whole Calgary-Edmonton uh, potential that might be coming up with the Battle of Alberta. Get your guys' feelings on exactly what uh, 
what you think is going to be happening. I, I, I can tell you what I think is going to happen, but I can guarantee it's going to be different from you guys and all your listeners out here in the 780. Well, we do we want to hear what you think? Well, um, I was listening earlier. There's a fellow, Jeremy, I believe, that called in that uh, left your your segment there saying that they're going to beat the living beep out of uh, the flames there. But I wanted to give sh- Jeremy a shout-out saying, hey, man, bring it on. <laughs> All right. Well, it'd be fun to see them play. I mean, it'd be it'd be great. It'd be it'd be it's long overdue. Yeah, when you think of it, it basically has to happen in the first round, right? The way the matchups are set and everything like that. Uh, so that means that Anaheim is going to have to fall out of the mix, right? Yeah, right. most likely. Yeah. So because in the second round, if both teams were to advance somehow, I don't think the matchups would show that way. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Remember uh, a couple of years back there when that whole escapade happened with Vancouver and the riots in the streets there? Could you imagine if Edmonton and Calgary got together? Do you know the state of Red Deer that it would be in? You just think of like the world wars and all that, how they both met in the middle and battled it out. I, I feel bad for Red Deer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> a city divided, 403 in the 780. Thanks for calling. we got to take a quick timeout, and then we're going to bring in Tyson Bailey from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. They're trying to make a run at Nationals. It's Inside Sports on 630, Chad. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630, Chad. Nugent Hopkins with a goal last night as the Oilers crushed the Dallas Stars 7-1. The team did not practice today. Morning skate tomorrow. Game against the Boston Bruins coming up at Rogers Place. And we'll update the full scoreboard in a few minutes, including that Boston game in Calgary. I'm Reed Wilkins, Global Television's Kevin Carius sitting in studio for this hour. And I'm pleased to welcome back to the show... All the way from Fredericton, from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team, it is Tyson Bailey. Tyson, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on being named to the U Sports All-Rookie Team. What does that mean to you? Thank you. It's a huge honor. A lot of great uh, rookies this year. Just signed out in our, our conference and the other, three, or other two conferences, so it's a huge honor for me. Tyson, one of the things when... Uh teams like Alberta has to go to uh, play in the uh, University Cup Championship in Atlanta, Canada is the time change. Uh, so now you're basically three hours difference from Alberta. We don't want to get into anything else as far as uh, daylight savings and all that goes just in case we get into trouble here. But How have you guys adjusted to that? Because you left on Monday, right? So now you've been out three, four days. How, how are the bodies adjusting to that? Yeah, yeah, we came out Monday. It was a long travel day, uh, taking two planes and a bus from Halifax to uh, New Brunswick, and uh, it's it's been tough, but I think we're we came here early, so uh, we're we're getting used to it. It's nothing that we haven't done before, so it's uh, it's not as bad. I mean, so the game is uh, one p.m. Atlantic time, ten a.m. Edmonton time. What's your routine going to be tomorrow morning? I mean, we're only about fourteen hours away from you guys playing. Uh, wake up, eat, and go to the game. <laughs> Keep so it simple, uh, pretty, eh? Yeah, pretty simple. You don't have to. Take that nap and wait all day for the game. It's something I prefer actually, just going out and getting at it. Are you glad to get out of the way quick because you'd be the first quarter final out of the four? 
Yeah, so you can see the other teams. Uh, hopefully we win and see the other teams, how, what they're like, how they play, and uh, do our homework on them in case we go to the semifinals. Did you think that even after what everything that happened, I, I wouldn't call a big upset you, you guys beating Saskatchewan, but then what happened out in Atlanta, Can you guys going as the number one ranked team. Uh, probably when you started the series with Saskatchewan, that was probably the furthest thing from your mind. Does that number one ranking mean anything at all? Well, you know, it's a it's a good honor, but it just puts a target on your back is going to is ranked the number one team. You know, we were mid pack all year and then had a good playoff run, so it's it's a big honor, but it puts a big target on your back also. Tyson Bailey joining us from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. They play uh, Acadia tomorrow in the national quarterfinal out in Fredericton. I mean, you made the Canadian all-rookie team. There were a lot of candidates from the U of A Golden Bears. Uh, I mean, basically, depending on any given night, you basically had half a uh, roster of of first-year players. I I know the expectations are always high at the U of A, but was it was it a surprise at all that, that you guys were able to do so well given uh, the youth on the team? Uh, I don't think not, not to us, maybe to other teams. You know, getting twelve new guys, uh, but uh, not to us. The players that we, we recruit, they they recruited the guys on our team are just they're great players. I've, I've watched them or known them playing my, our hockey my whole life, and they're a great group of guys that always want to win, always want to get better. So that's that's what was the key for us. We got better as the year went on. One of those freshmen would be uh, Brendan Burke. Uh, what's he meant to your team as he kind of took over the number one role partway through the season here? Yeah, we didn't really establish the number one goalie at the start of the year, but uh, Brendan definitely earned it. He's been uh, he backstopped us uh, the Canada uh, Finals and played unreal there, and he's just been tremendous all year. I think it's the consistency has been the best part. I think he's had a bad game yet, so. We can always rely on Brennan to back us up. How do, how do you think he rebounded in Game 2 then or against Calgary? Because after that first game, you guys were up uh, 3-1, I guess, and then they, they score three goals in, what, 45 seconds. What about that rebound for Game number 2 for him? Yeah, that just shows how mentally tough he is and how he wants to get back out there the next game and uh, shut the door for us to help us get that win. And, yeah, he's just been great for us. Uh, yeah, his, his mental game was, uh, was big there, and he's... It backs up us there. Tyson, I heard your head coach, Serge Lajoie, on with Stoffer earlier today, commenting on the dimensions and quirks of the rink you're going to be playing on. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Uh, it's a, as I say, it's a bigger rink than SAS, that's for sure. So <laughs> a lot more space out there, but uh, everything seems to funnel. Like when you rim the pucks, it all goes behind the net. You know, at the Drake, you'll get some bounces that way you rim it in and it comes in front of the net. So, uh, that's what we learned on the two skates so far. It's not, it's not a big difference, but it is a little bit of a difference. How, how much do you know about your opponent tomorrow morning in the uh, Acadia Axman? Uh, like we don't know a lot, but our coaches have done their homework, and uh, we just had a meeting there, uh, going over special teams uh, and everything. And, but it's it's more about how we play. We don't really care about how they play. We're, we got to play our game to be our be at our best, have our best chance of winning. Well, Tyson, I'm going to be at the Oilers morning skate, so I'll probably be following along on Twitter. So I hope your name is popping up a lot in the feed, or if not, some of your teammates. Thanks for making time for us. I know you had the banquet tonight, and uh, I know you got to get your rest here. So really appreciate you joining us on Inside Sports. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Thanks, thanks. That's Tyson Bailey checking in from Fredericton. U of A Golden Bears uh, forward to us the uh, second leading scorer on the team.
this year. Behind Jamie Crooks, he was the uh, Canada West top-scoring rookie. Uh, I mean, Kevin, you and I were talking during the commercial, that line of Luke Philp, Trevor Cox, and Cole Sanford, all freshmen. They mm-hmm. were... I, I, I unfortunately only got time to, to attend one game this year. They were awesome in Game 2 against Calgary. Well, and Sanford, you know, he had to sit out half the year, yeah. too, right? So he come on and Christmas probably played a dozen, 14 games or whatever it was. But, yeah, very, very effective. What about the format? What do you think? Like, now it's been oh, a couple, couple years yeah. now. You know, it used to be just the six teams. You'd play that first game. You'd come in as a number one ranked team in each pool, and you'd play that first game. And if you didn't win, you still had a shot. You still had yeah, a shot. Yeah, I didn't like that. It was I didn't just, like that because it yeah. came down to goal differential. And, and I don't like using goal differential. Either you win yeah. or you lose. And then you'd have three one-and-one teams, and you feel like, well, that's, I mean, you got to right. break the tie by maybe an empty net or so, something. Just so the listeners know now, there's eight teams. So they And that's even better because there's so many quality teams that play in the U sports now. I can't get used to calling it that. I don't. But. The, the only... The only kind of negative about this format is four teams are traveling out there to Fredericton to play one, one, game, one game if they lose if, yeah. if if they lose and then you're done but having said that this is this is the biggest university tournament we have in this country so it's big boy rules if it's one and done you're one and done well i mean when they do the final four in NCAA it's the same thing well, teams fly over all the country, right, for the round of 64. You know. 32 teams are done after yeah. one game, right? Yeah, but so. even like in uh, the Frozen Four, yeah, you, know, you, have fi- you end up with the Final Four. It's not like you, if you lose your first game, you, you say but you know, say goodbye, Jerry. Yeah. It's, uh, it's often tough for the Western teams in the Atlantic. Um, Historically, yeah. you're right, because of that, it's a three-hour difference. And that's why a lot of teams, they used to go out on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Now, you know, the Bears say they went out Monday, and usually they say it's one-hour difference for each time zone for you to your body to adjust. An hour per day, right? So yeah. that should be enough for them to be ready to go tomorrow. Yeah, hopefully they can get after it. they got a good team, but that's going to be... I mean, Saskatchewan was up near the top all year. They yeah. lose Canada West. They're only well, the... Sixth. I mean, UNB is the five seed. Yeah. They were ranked number one almost I mean, all year. UNB probably is going to be the top be the team. Favorite, yeah, right? probably the top team there. Kevin, thanks for coming in, buddy. Let's look at the scoreboard quickly here before we go. Bruins and Flames 1-1 after 1. Flyers still leading the Penguins 2-0. That's late in the third. Halfway through the first, Detroit is up 1-0 on Colorado. Blues and Ducks later on tonight. It's a fun time of year. Oilers in Boston tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 7. Kevin, you're heading back to work? Heading back to work. We'll have a little USA women's hockey to chat about. Uh, Marie Philippoulin, her comment on it. and uh, We'll check in with that. Uh, we, we Actually, Darnell Nurse, a little bit. Todd McClellan had some comments on him last night. You probably yep. ran him and stuff, so... That and a little bit more coming up tonight at 11. That is Kevin Carius from Global Television. Other guests besides Tyson Bailey, Cassie Campbell-Pasco, and Jock Wilson from News Talk 770 in Calgary. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell, the studio producer. The one and only Kellen Kennedy. Just don't forget, Stopper has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins. Charles Adler tonight is up next. Thank you so much for tuning in. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.